Hi, thanks for tuning in to High on Horror. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we're reviewing and discussing the Collingswood story. Although this film is over 20 years old now, it's even more relevant today than it was when it was made. It predates all films that use video chats and FaceTiming and puts a supernatural twist on it. And with us today we have the writer and director, Michael Costanza, and uh, he's going to spill his guts to us in an exclusive interview as we dig up this cult classic. All that and more today on High on on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. All right, we're going to start this episode off with Strainwreck like we always do so we can get good and good for this episode. If you hear that train rolling, you know it's Strainwreck, the segment of our show where we discuss what we're smoking this episode. John, what are we smoking, man? Um, I didn't really feel like going through a whole lot of shit. I just want to get to the smoking. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll sandwich uh, Fatso from last week with cotton candy again from two weeks ago oh so you're sticking with the killer clown theme yeah we cotton, so, so we did cotton candy fatso and now cotton and hopefully candy. that okay. game hopefully that Good game shit. comes out soon i'm in the discord but there's no updates on like a beta or anything and there's a lot of just nonsense going on in that group well speaking of games uh funny you say that uh what i wanted to talk about today which wanted to bring it up last week i forgot is uh the twisted metal television series a live action television series that's being put out by peacock again another peacock thing peacock is kicking ass i'm i'm really being a mac gonna be on that joint yeah anthony Anthony mac is starring yeah anthony mackie yeah but uh no but but yeah uh peacock is really kicking ass like i'm really impressed with the content that they've been putting out lately the trailer for this twisted metal show looks awesome um i played the games growing up on playstation with my sister and you know, like, it was always a ton of fun. They were just ridiculous chaos, violent games, um, car chase games, loved it. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't actually have a date here of when it's supposed to premiere. Maybe it said it in the trailer, I don't remember, but it is a 2023 series, um, and it's about primed and ready to go. Like 2023? I said, 2023, what'd I say? 2023? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't. Maybe, I don't know, bro. Okay. I've, I've already it's hit a 2023 that shit. show. Yes, and it's, it, is, it will be. <laughs> you probably said it right, and um, I just corrected you, and I look like an idiot. So it's a 2023 show. Uh, I think you right mean 2023. July 27th. There we go. Nice. July 27th. There is a, okay, yeah. We'll so definitely cover some a few of that. Months, yeah. All right, yeah. So uh, what do you think about that? Though? You, did you play the games? Yeah, funny enough, um, you know, I've been annoying talking about my Steam Deck and all the emulation I can do. I actually <laughs> downloaded uh, the first two Twisted Metals for PlayStation. Yeah. So I, I had both of those. That's legal. Uh-huh. I legally obtained those ROMs. I own both games. Um, playing the first one, honestly, was a little rough going back to. Really? Because I'm used to modern controls where, that like, you can. So good. You can. Uh, <laughs> You, you can use the right thumbstick to control the camera it kind of the camera goes with you as you're turning you don't have control over the camera so that kind of messed with me but like oh man i remember the original one i got it for christmas like the year after i got my playstation i mean i played the shit out of the first one fucking rooftop at the end man i like do like how to just wait for uh i, I can't remember the the one at the end i know warthog is the tank but it was like this big giant tank it had everybody's yeah. specials i can't remember it but uh because i didn't even get that far when i redownloaded it i was like sweet tooth I'm, yeah i feel like sweet tooth was the go-to i liked yeah. mr grim too the motorcycle do you know who plays sweet tooth on the show yeah yeah you and i were talking about it Go. samoa joe that's right your boy I, I don't mind samoa joe but you don't know who's the voice actor correct who's voicing him? will arnett oh shit i feel like that'll be good <laughs> you, right, got, yeah. you got you got samoa joe's samoa joe's body with a clown mask and will arnett's voice yeah that'll be uh that'll definitely be interesting um i wonder i wonder how many of the characters they're actually going to have in it i don't know uh i see right now it's um you know that's a very good question i'm gonna look take a quick look and see they got uh raven quiet loud yeah i got loud yeah i would be loud agent <laughs> stone sweet tooth nev campbell is on the show that's <laughs> i don't think that 
name the characters from it? Nev Campbell? Wait, <laughs> she's a character? She plays Raven. And then, uh, yeah, so no, not really too many actual characters were listed on the cast. Yeah, I mean, let's see, the original one I played, it doesn't even sound like too many from uh, the original game. The original game, I know they had Sweet Tooth, uh, Mr. Grimm, who else was in it? I just think it's funny that when you look uh, the show up on uh, Google that Samoa Joe gets top billing over Anthony Mackie. That, that is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. Are you still looking up ca- <laughs> characters to be on the show? Yeah, because, like, it's bothering me. Cause yeah, I feel like there should have been more... Uh, well, if you go to the character page... I'm just seeing a lot of... I, wa- I wonder, is, is Calypso in it? Because he's the one who puts the whole thing together. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I liked uh, Mr. Grimm. He was the motorcycle guy, and he threw the skull. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bringing back old memories with me, man. Old and uh, who was the so other long. one I used a lot? I think it was Spectre, the white car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I always felt like everybody always played as uh, Sweet Tooth yep. or uh, Needles yeah. Kane. I always played as Sweet Tooth. My sister was always like, creeped out by him, so it was always uh, the one that I picked. Uh, like you said, I feel like it was so... Uh, now that I think about it, it was so cliche to always play as him. I should have yeah. tried other characters But more. it's funny, like, I, I say that, but when it. I downloaded it for my Steam Deck, yeah. first character I played as was Sweet Tooth. Do you think it would be something that you could, like, buy or download on, like, the Xbox store? Because I would totally buy it for my Xbox. Maybe, like, one of the newer ones, Twisted okay. Metal Black. Okay. Because I have that downloaded from the PlayStation store, so okay. you, so you okay. might be able to. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Do you, uh, did you have anything you wanted to talk about this week? Nope. All right, you just wanted to smoke? All right, I then. just want to smoke and talk about Twisted Metal. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, I guess it's time for us to get into horror history. This week in horror history. All right. So we got us some horror hiss. Horror history? It's horror, horror, hiss. It's horror hiss. It's horror hiss now? All right. Uh, <laughs> We've been calling it that for a while. It's yeah, just, let's just make it's it It's just whatever we want to call it. It's that horror hiss. Is it H-I-S or H-I-S-S or I was like H-I-S-S-S, like maybe like a snake, like Horace. Horace. Josh, get us a sound effect for the hiss. For real, yeah. It's Horace now. Let's do it. I don't think Josh. I think it's, if I imagine when this episode gets put out, it's just going to be a regular ass horror history sound. I don't think Josh is making up a special one. We'll find out when the we'll episode find airs. out when this when this airs. Love you, Joshy Boo. When the hell is this airing? Like a month or some shit? I don't it's, even know. I just show up, record, and put out the episode. You tell me to play. The listeners don't know. We got It's supposed to air the week it comes out. It's supposed to air the week it comes out. Ooh, May seventh. So whatever May seventh is supposed to air the week it comes out. What? It's supposed to be recorded the week it comes out. I don't think that's true. <laughs> don't don't give away our secrets man train Pop secrets yeah because yeah, no podcast ever records ahead of time <laughs> so uh obviously since we're in the month of may for real uh may it's 7th gonna be may i think you said that last year <laughs> it's gonna be may anyway anyway marilyn burns sally played sally in tcm texas chancellor massacre yeah, the original sally 1949 oh god i'm gonna Oh, butcher oh, this name Ruggiero Diodato thank you got you yeah thank you save me uh cannibal holocaust director 1939 yep Ishiro Honda the creator of the Honda automobile 1911 <laughs> <laughs> 1911 yeah that's crazy um no uh, Ishiro Honda is a legend he's the uh he directed the first Godzilla film and uh there it is several sequels um he's a legend so yeah happy birthday uh, I think we talked about this on some episode at this point. I don't know. We're closing in on 100. It's hard to remember everything. <laughs> uh, fair, being a stoner, it's hard to remember anything two weeks ago. But uh, Two days ago. Two minutes ago. But two, uh, Yeah, two seconds uh, ago. All right. The, uh, the Bernie, 1981. Elite slasher goodness. Yeah, man. Uh, top five for sure. Definitely made uh, hedge clippers very violent. Oh, yeah uh friday the 13th the og pamela anderson is pissed in this <laughs> yeah, one pamela anderson if you listen to whatever episode that one was <laughs> whatever <You're worse. laughs> i'm so bad I, it was 
You're right though. I can't remember. It was one or two episodes ago. And then it's gonna, whatever. They're going to air point. in a different order. I don't know. Anyway, if you yeah. listen to this season, you'll get the Pamela Anderson reference if you listen <laughs> oh, to the man. episodes in order. That kept me. That kept me laughing for days. I went home. I told Nicole about it. <laughs> I forgot to tell my wife. <laughs> I got to tell Sam. She's going to be talking. I know she's just going to dog me though. Uh, May 9th, 1955, birthday. We got Kevin Hall from Predator 1 and 2. Yeah, man, he was a tall guy. Played Predator and Predator, uh, the Predator in both films, legend. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame he's not around, man, because uh, he would do a great job still playing. I mean, granted, he'd be a lot older, but he would be doing a great job playing. A, you know how cool it would be to see him play a Predator, even if it was like a cameo, if like at like the end of like a Prey movie or a Prey 2 or whatever, you saw like him like standing there like like in some sort of like uh elder costume makeup like i don't know that'd be something really cool it's a shame that he's not here because the predator franchise is living on yeah and uh once again you're going to just say again you don't know anything i think it was an episode two a couple episodes ago question about werewolves <laughs> my favorite <laughs> werewolf movies uh dog soldiers 2002 yeah and that, this is that's neil uh neil marshall at his finest uh this in the descent are near perfection this is the descent's better but i really hope that uh he does a movie again that reaches the height of these two movies man because like when he, these two movies came out it was like yo this neil marshall cat is a beast and then he went on to do other shit he's still a beast he directed game of thrones episodes and shit but oh yeah you know, his hellraiser uh that. his hellraiser his hellboy uh movie was pretty uh pretty bad though but uh <laughs> that wasn't his fault from what i've heard but well, we got uh, I, I don't have a i don't have a year on this one but <laughs> 28 weeks later Oh, 28 weeks later. Yeah. I mean, how, what do you like? Do you like that more than the first one? No. No, I don't either. It's close. But it got like, Chili really and Murphy good. in the it's, first one. <laughs> uh, 2007, <laughs> brother. 2007. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Chili you, and Murphy. Yeah. You like you yeah. like you like Chili and Murphy? No, you like you get to see Chili and Murphy's Chili Dog, too. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he's no, been yeah, in the, a couple of... Uh, the first film's better, for a couple, sure. A couple good horror movies. This and Red Eye yeah and i uh, mean i guess is red eye a horror movie yeah it's a thriller and i mean technically he plays a really scary villain in batman begins a scarecrow in the first not in dark knight rises he's kind of like goofy but in the first in batman begins he's serious but uh i think 28 weeks later is a really good movie but it's uh it, it's i'm still waiting on the next film supposedly it's happening they say it's ready to go but we'll see but uh i think it was one of those things where like 28 days later did something new and it was great and then this one came out and uh it was good but it was like it's again it's nothing new though because it already been done so that's about where zombies yeah but uh just an excuse to talk about 28 days later i saw that in theaters okay and this dude came in i guess when the first one come out like 2004 2002 i don't know was it 2002 like i don't know we're probably both way off no maybe anyway 2002 i, I was oh, right damn okay yeah. so me what, what? me and my buddy uh miguel went, went, went to go see it and when we get in there and the movies just start we sit up front this guy comes in a couple minutes later after us this is 2002 so my man got a flip phone <laughs> and he's just sitting there like second row just talking and somebody like in the back just yells shut the fuck up <laughs> and dude no lie like half the audience started <laughs> applauding <laughs> i'm like man you gotta feel like a real scumbag at that point that like yeah. half the theater's like yeah fuck you yeah, like, like nobody's even coming to your defense they're like <laughs> yeah. what the dude that happened our buddy i'm not gonna mention his last name begins with a g but our buddy tim who we used to know from school from william penn high school i went to see underworld uh the second one underworld evolution that was the best one in my opinion but i went to see that in theaters with him and a couple of other friends and a baby started crying and it wouldn't stop and i mean it was only through like the first two minutes of the movie like the tim had no patience and this baby's crying and he just goes throw that thing off a fucking roof or something <laughs> and the woman just got up and like looked around but like you know he didn't know what up to say it and then she left the theater never paid attention if she came back or not but yeah yeah i don't know man that's why i'm scared to bring my kids to the movies because like i mean abel my my oldest is cool but gavin i don't see it happening i don't no, see my gonna i'm gonna get cussed start out talking to people but the worst part about it is i feel like you deserve it i feel like that's why people never really start fights because when you bring a like movie scream somebody brought a baby to scream when you bring yes when you bring a baby to a movie theater i'm sorry i have kids too i know what it's like when you want to get out and do something you got a damn kid with you and you know they're everywhere you are and got to do everything you do but i feel that like you're almost asking to get cussed out so it's almost like something you just got to deal with and let go if you <laughs> do that because you are interrupting other people's times who do are fortunate enough to have babysitters and shit so you can't expect everybody to just be patient and deal with your kid you know so 
I mean, I would never yell at anybody, but it definitely is annoying. And I just rambled like a motherfucker. This weed is good. <laughs> uh, Friday the 13th, part 7. The New Blood, 1988. Look, man, I know that we differ on which Jason movies are favorite and the best, but this is the most badass Jason's ever looked, man. Prove me wrong. You really think he looks better in, in Jason Lives looks-wise? I was going to say, like, looks-wise? Like, yeah. I mean... You're going to say remake, right? I mean, let's... He looks badass in the remake. Damn, I mean, I feel like you're just going to shake your head when I say this. You're going to say Roy? <laughs> Roy. That is Roy. <laughs> I would say, like, the two worst ones in the franchise. Jason X, the Uber Jason looks cool. But uh, Jason goes to hell in that beginning scene. With his, yeah, head, with his yeah, brains like bulging yeah, yeah, out yeah. and shit yeah the, yeah it was like the, the blue jeans and the like the tucked in blue button up yeah, yeah. he's got like that massive ass fucking head <laughs> yeah it's like his head's out growing the mask or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was pretty big i mean so that and uber jason and jason x opening jason are the two worst for you okay well what do you think's the most badass look for jason like well no 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 i'm saying those, those those are like some of the most badass looks but they're like the two worst movies in the franchise oh, right. okay. too. I mean, jason, okay. uh, jason goes to hell and jason x but i feel like both of the jasons look good <laughs> okay but yeah, I, mean, I mean i also like jason takes manhattan but i mean like i feel like the make the jasons looked better as the movies went on agreed like I said, I think remake Jason, uh, Derek Mears looked badass. I thought yeah. he looked really badass, you know? Oh, with, with that trench coat. Yeah. And that dingy <laughs> long john. Also, from 1988, we got Maniac Cop. Yeah, man, I was obsessed Maniac with Cop. Maniac <laughs> I was obsessed with Maniac Cop when I first discovered it, and uh, it's still an absolute favorite of mine. William Lustig, he's uh, he was on a roll back in the 80s, man. After Maniac, he cranked some fucking movies out. Like uh, He was cranking stuff out in movies, Maniac, too. <laughs> Maniac Cop, uh, Vigilante. Those are my three favorite films of his. I mean, why why, why didn't he just name it Maniac Vigilante, too? Like, <laughs> All of his movies are, like in a way, about just like vigilantes, in a way. Like, rather, they're the good kind or the bad kind. <laughs> he was best as Willie Chi-Chi in the Godfather series. <laughs> Joe Spinell. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I guess that'll about wrap it up for horror history. All so right. uh, time to get on to that PPA. Puff Puff Ass. Yeah, man. Puff Puff Pass. Puff Puff Ask is a segment of our show where we read off messages that you listeners write into us on social media at High on Horror 420 and through email at High on Horror 420 at gmail.com and our official website, High on Horror.com. I'll start with the first message. Nicole, not your fiance, John. Okay, asks, I figured if she had a question, <laughs> she just asked me. Right. Okay, Nicole asks us, um, do you guys think you'll ever make a horror movie together? And if so, what kind of movie do you think it would be? Um, I, obviously it's horror. That's a, that's a, that's a, I picked that because it's a unique question. I've, I've always wanted to make a movie, but I never, maybe, you know, Nicole's heard me saying that I've wanted to make a movie, but uh, I, I don't think that it, I think that if I made a movie or if we made a movie that it would either be like really fucked up to the point where like we'd get in trouble like Serbian film shit like not that type of stuff but oh, just extreme like Terrifier 2 type of stuff you know where we'd get a lot of bad reactions to it because <laughs> of how far it went or it would be some like really stupid stoner comedy like horror comedy about stoners but uh we don't have any plans on making a movie right now, do we, John? Uh, no, but fun, it's, it's funny because you said the stupid like Sterner movie. Remember, that I've been fucking around on Chat GPT. I've been fucking around on Chat GPT, and I have it in the works of writing a movie about <laughs> uh, demons that take over a dispensary. Don't don't give it away. People will steal the idea now. <laughs> no, but, but that's uh, really was, cool, it was though. called like uh, Soul Smoker. Is the name <laughs> that's of the a title. title too. <laughs> Like but mother, do i have any so chance to smoke I, soul i don't smoke weed i smoke souls <laughs> yeah and then i i have a whole, whole <laughs> i've been working with the ai but no i don't think we'll ever end up making a movie it's like it's like it's like when you you and your friends are always like hey let's start a band but none of you play any instruments like <laughs> it's just that yeah. thing you say like hey we'd start a band you want to change the world but you ain't <laughs> be like hey you would play drums like none of us know how to play any instruments it's just that thing or we're gonna start a business but do you agree with me though that it would either be extreme or it would be like ridiculous? it's gonna be a stoner horror comedy for sure and or, it might still be ridiculous and go too far with like gore and, and kills and stuff. or and it's probably gonna be a slasher too. movie yeah or, or or a silly stoner comedy slasher movie that's probably like it's probably it's gonna check off all of the above and for some reason all we make it all work although, although <laughs> the stoner one i have is more of a supernatural because it's got demons and 
Uh, we'll find a way to get some and blood bombs. up in there. We'll find a way to do some blood up. Kenny's in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kenny, if you're listening. Okay, Kenny knows about it. All right, who do you got a question from? What's up? Uh, from Derek D. Derek D. <laughs> Derek right. D. What's a good horror game to play when you have people over? Uh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, what was that one I had? It was like Trivial Pursuit or something. It was like, but it was horror. I yeah, think it was, it was, a was, was, was it Trivial Pursuit. I don't remember what it was Dude, called. Dude, them shits yeah, were hard. Really Even you and I were struggling it on was, some it of It was those. tough. Yeah. Like they, they, whoever made that. It game. asked about a lot of silent films from the early like 1900s that yeah, you're just they, not familiar with. It's gonna say who was gonna say whoever did the game did their research because these were not basic like Chucky questions. These were like I mean there were some of those shit. in there, but like some I mean it was a good mix of like questions and. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, what about you? You have like a Jaws game, right, or a Thing game? Isn't yeah, that a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still got to play that Thing game, but the uh, the Jaws one. Yeah, you could play up to four people on that one. But you haven't actually played yet, so we're you don't. But I mean, it's a recommendation, I guess. Well, no, no, the Jaws one I've played. Oh, okay, and it's good. It's like yeah, decent. yeah. Nicole and I play. You need a minimum of two, maximum of four. Okay, okay. We can. But yeah, I, 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 but I haven't play played the alien one, but that one seems interesting because you're not competing against each other. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be working as a team together to get off to the Stromo. Yeah. Or I think yeah, okay. I, th- I think that was it. It's it's, it's supposed to be basically be the first movie. Okay. But yeah, you're not you're not competing against each other. You're all working together to win. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so you're just trying to take. Bruce yeah. So down, like, Bruce well, we'll have we'll to play that sometime. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I guess my thing would be like it's it, hard to find video games to like i guess maybe left for dead if you had two two to four people you could play but yeah 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 there's not there's not too many like really video games left for dead 2 was my shit but yeah like in terms of being like social yeah it's not yeah i was gonna say like if if you're playing a game in the background or actually playing a game it's it's two different scenarios because like to me playing a board game is the best option and being social you know like we were just saying because that's how uh, we played the godzilla game wasn't yeah, it? throw yeah. on child's play too make make kenny watch and play exactly. godzilla best thing to do put a horror movie on in the background and play a game um but um yeah I, I think playing a board game is the best for interacting with people you know that way it's not just like you being quiet and like cussing at your remote when shit's going wrong on the screen but um there's a lot of board games out there and that's why i said i wanted to bring up the uh the jaws game because i have the godzilla one it's not really horror but uh i know that there's a, um i think there's even a my bloody valentine game out now that freight rags did like the okay. the horror game board games have like up and the only actual board game i have that's from any movie i don't know what it's worth it's probably not worth anything but i kept it because it's really cool so i have an original home alone board game for when the movie came out oh, and nice. uh yeah that's it so that's yeah, um, i don't really have any recommendations in horror hey, can games. we talk about how expensive board games are these days like, oh my holy god shit, like 60 bucks dude i thought i remember when like buying like scrabble and like like monopoly would be like 20 bucks and, and, and you know what's funny like, is that jaws game i got yeah i got it at goodwill for five bucks nicole and i when we brought it home and played it like shit was still sealed the only thing there was two pieces missing and those two pieces were these little red sliders you put on the card to keep track of your score and i was like Uh i looked up the game if you want to buy it brand new it's 40 bucks i was like holy shit i was like i'll trade that off take two of my like scorekeepers (laughs) for like and i'll pay five dollars for it dude that's yeah yeah, the alien game was 40 bucks the four it's 40 and my godzilla game was like 40 or 50 bucks and yeah and then we buy it we play it twice because yeah we got time <laughs> but it's yeah that's the thing it's like you know i want to buy a board game but then i see that price and i'm like i'd rather buy weed <laughs> <laughs> so that ends up being the uh that ends up kind of being the scenario there but uh yeah i mean i would love to play more board games i went to play Catan. you know uh, our friend kenny again hey kenny nicole um, and i bought it bought it yeah you, and your, you yeah. and your fiance did but i i was gonna buy it and i saw that it was like 60 bucks and i'm like 60 fucking bucks and i have to buy extra shit too like if i want like i'm like it's too expensive man like yeah, but you know what, but how many times you're gonna have five five or six people really yeah and especially with uh you know we don't know how often we'll get together anymore so you know it's just yeah. kind of all of us don't need to own one you i figured when you bought one i said i'll let him he can be the katana no, no, nicole was like i bought katana it was like 20 bucks or something no okay well, yeah i would have bought it for that too but um uh slash cards that was one remember i got yeah slash i was cards. trying to remember that game you had that we yeah. played it's a, it's a trivial a trivia multiple multiple oh my god i can't say this it's a trivia game that's multiple choice and it's super easy and fun uh, didn't sam end up winning i think because it was you me i won a, I won a bunch of times and you guys were getting mad at me and then sam came up and won i think she won one but she got a question it was because it was her turn and it was a question we all knew we were like motherfucker you bet you yeah, know that's yeah. What, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah so that's cool but, but yeah um, i like those 
Yeah, so I think yeah, I think again in in regards to playing a, a horror game. Yeah, and that horror um, trivial pursuit was like forty bucks too when I bought it. I don't know how much uh, slash cards was because that was a Christmas gift. Remember but, being a kid, it was like fifteen, twenty bucks. Like, like if yeah, you want a monopoly, it was like twenty bucks. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I think it's interesting though and a really good idea to when you have company over. It's always a good idea to have like a social game, like a board game, and like this or slash cards, some sort of trivia game. And uh, if you can make yeah. make that horror, if you're a horror fan, it can find a horror trivia game or a horror board game like that's just life that's just beautiful right because i mean you're like i can do what everybody else does normally but with my own little twist of being dark and i can do what everybody else is doing with at home with like pictionary but i'm doing it with motherfucking jaws <laughs> you know but yeah, that um, jaws game is fun because basically either way you play you have all four all four players yeah and one person gets to beat Jaws. See, I lost when Nicole and I played because I got too cocky because I was just fucking destroying shit. And I got <laughs> cocky. And then next thing I know, I'm getting blown up. Nicole, like, like Nicole, it was like the game lasted 45 minutes and I was winning like 44 minutes and 58 seconds. And then just at the end, I died. You had that, uh, that uh, Glover Teixeira loss. Out of Sonya. Yeah. That Usman. <laughs> that the final, the, uh, the late finishes but anyway. like she she had to play as all three characters so or, or, or all three humans so like you always play with all four you just if you have like two people like one person's the humans and then you know you just kind of divide it up and shit that's awesome well um okay yeah so uh if any of you listeners out there want to reach out and ask us a question um or have played any of these games that we're talking about uh reach out and you know hit us up you can find us on social media using the same tag at high on horror 420 um and you can email us at high on horror 420 at gmail.com and again you can visit our website and reach us through there um all right let's uh review the collingswood story now now when it comes to movies horror especially there is a lot of what was first you know, there's the argument about Halloween being the first slasher. It wasn't. Nope. Uh, how Blair Witch was the first found footage film. It wasn't. Nope. <laughs> However, the Collinswood story is the first of its kind. Yep. Although, <laughs> although it's now kind of the norm. Um, before the movie, there were no movies about FaceTiming or video chatting, as I had said prior. Um, Strangeland was as close as we had gotten, really, to the internet being a tool for chat rooms and luring girls to meet strangers and all that creepy, you know, creeper bullshit. Um, but, you know, video chatting was nowhere near being, was nowhere near, you know, that time. It was nowhere, it hadn't happened yet. And webcam quality was ass. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, you know, fast forward a few years and we get the Collingswood story, you know, just, and just so everyone knows, this movie predates Host, the Shutter film, which even borrows some of Collingwood's plot, honestly. Um, it also, you know, predates Paranormal Activity, Unfriended, Friend Request, and so on. Any movie that you can think of where people are talking through a computer with one another came after Collingswood's story, as long as there's a camera involved, I mean. And, uh, this cult film was ahead of its time, and uh, yet a lot of people still don't know about it somehow. So it just passed its 20th birthday, so we thought it's time to talk about it, right, John? Hell yeah. So uh, in the year 2002, we got an eerie, spine-chilling, supernatural horror film entitled The Collingswood Story, and it was released here in America. Uh, the movie was written and directed by today's guest, Michael Costanza, uh, featured a cast including Stephanie Dees, Johnny Burden, Grant Edmond, and Diane uh, Behrens. I'd say Behrens? Yeah. Behrens. Yeah, Behrens. It's always, a, it's fun every week trying, try I'm sure, to just listen to me struggle <laughs> through people's last names. Uh, Stephanie Dees plays the role of Rebecca Miles, the main character of the movie, while Johnny Burden plays her boyfriend, Johnny. Diane also played uh, Vera Madeline, the mysterious online psychic whom Johnny and his friend Billy had encountered via webcam. Uh, the film takes uh, viewers on a gripping journey <clears throat> as we follow the characters' experiences with paranormal events and unearthly entities in an historical home in Collinswood, New Jersey. Yep. And uh, Rebecca Miles, uh, she moved to Collinswood, New Jersey to attend Rutgers. Uh, she rents a room in a historic house and receives a webcam from her long-distance boyfriend, Johnny. And on her 21st birthday, Johnny's friend, Billy, introduces him to an online psychic named Vera Madeline, whom Billy claims contacted his deceased father. 
however, Rebecca is skeptical of Veer and decides to have a virtual session with her first. And, uh, yeah, during the session, uh, Vera appears in a darkened room backlit by two candelabras and, uh, she's wearing sunglasses. You know, it's always up with people at night wearing sunglasses. <laughs> I They're wear always my weird. Sunglasses at, at night. night. <laughs> Had to do it. Uh, Rebecca goes. Now, if Josh, if our editor loved us, he'll insert like the actual clip from the song there, but he yeah. won't. He'll let all our listeners hear my terrible ass singing. Probably. Anyway. You know, you know, he don't do a whole lot for us. <laughs> we love you, Josh. Uh, Rebecca gives Vera a false name. But to her surprise, and I think this would creep me out, Vera calls her by her actual name. Yeah, right away. And uh, Johnny also has a session with Vera, and she asks asks him who referred him. When he mentions Rebecca, Vera tells him about the grim historical events that occurred in Collinswood. There was a secret society founded by a French immigrant named Alan Tashi in the 1800s. The society was responsible for the murder and mutilation of nine girls cutting out their eyes before dumping their bodies in a well. Uh, the townspeople attempted to seek vengeance, but found Tashi's home empty. They discovered a wooden shaker toy in the attic, but no sign of Tashi. Well, I want to say at this point, before you go on real quick, <clears throat> that while Vera Madeline appears to be helping, um, you know, Johnny, uh, it's uh, she's very sketchy. Watching the movie, at least for me, for the first time, I was like, mm, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Even though she seems like she's helping, there's this air of, uh, can I trust her? Did you feel that? Or did you I mean, did you buy into I it? I always feel that about every psychic. True. I was just feel, <laughs> every I, psychic. I, I don't trust psychics to start with. I don't believe them. So yeah. I'm always skeptical of them. <laughs> uh rebecca ends up becoming curious about the secret society and she starts looking for evidence around town she kind of records the videos and then uh sends them to uh johnny yeah an email uh she records footage as she drives around but she can't find the tashi house uh she reconnects with vera for another video conference on halloween weekend but vera just all of a sudden now just acts like she doesn't have any knowledge of the secret society and repeatedly Shady, like i said well <laughs> yeah and repeatedly claims that her psychic readings which she did say on the first one are for entertainment purposes only uh rebecca finds postcards depicting a wooden shaker toy on the bookshelf in the den uh similar to the one found in the crime scene photos in tashi's attic and she begins to suspect that vera might be a member of the secret society and then uh, Johnny contacts Vera again. She tells him to get Rebecca out of the house, alluding to the fact that the secret society practices its rituals in the attic. Uh, Rebecca goes on a drive to get food. Uh, she attempts to locate the Tashi residence and finally manages to find it. When she returns home, Johnny tells her what Vera had said, but she decides to explore the attic anyway. Mm -hmm. And this Typical attic is stuff. fucking huge. Typical white people stuff. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't believe. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'm kind of with... I'm, I, I, I more feel like I align with Rebecca in this movie. Like, yeah. I want to be like, okay, yeah, there's some secret society here. But uh, that attic was fucking huge, no? Yeah, it was. I saw it. it you was. had me watch it. And I remember watching it going, this attic's huge. And then I had Nicole watch it because I figured she would like it. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was like, I remember she's like, this is the attic? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's like this attic's fucking huge. Yeah, that would have been, been like my bedroom. Some people there was like in another attic, door in that. the attic. Yeah, like a whole other room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so where the fuck was it? Yeah, she finds the uh, world's well, when she decides to explore it anyway, she takes the uh, webcam up. That phone line, my God, she got like a hundred foot phone line <laughs> to connect for the video chat. And like, I know just from Ethernet cables, I had a 20 foot one and the speeds were so damn slow on it. Like, <laughs> and this is dial up. We're not even talking broadband at this point. <clears throat> right. We're far from broadband yes. at that point. Yeah. So I don't know how he would have seen anything. Uh, she finds a secret room and she locates old photographs and occult paraphernalia. Uh, however, a webcam stream is interrupted by a video call from Vera who warns her to leave. Vera then removes her sunglasses, revealing one glass eye and explains that she narrowly escaped the cult who cut out one of her eyes. Suddenly Vera's call ends and Rebecca reconnects with Johnny who watches as she attempts to flee the attic in a panic, but is confronted by Alan Tashi 
Meanwhile, an unknown figure emerges from behind Johnny's closed door and attacks him. The suspenseful tale ends with watchers wondering what happens next. So, uh, well said. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we've mentioned a couple times on here, Collinswood film is, uh, or I'm sorry, the Collinswood story is a film that's way ahead of its time. Kind of offers a glimpse into the early days of the internet, so anybody who remembers that era, era will... I mean, it's authentic. It's to, yeah. I mean, it was filmed at that time, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I feel like the World Wide Web was like, it was full of excitement and wonder back then. Like there was all kinds of like weird shit you'd find mm-hmm. and like, but now it's just like people arguing with each other on Facebook or Twitter. Yep. yep. But, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, the internet of today is a far cry from what it used to be. Uh, Anyway, uh, the Collinswood story is a solid film. It kept me engaged from start to finish. The acting's top-notch, and it's really believable, with uh, Stephanie D's uh, delivering a performable performable i just i think i just combined two words <laughs> a memorable performance um like i said i relate to her a lot because i would not have bought into the hype surrounding that shit and that's why i would have ended up dead but uh overall i give the film a 7.6 out of 10 you know and uh th- yeah this is a really good movie uh what i like about it is that uh, it's simple and atmospheric it has a lot of atmosphere and i love atmosphere films especially um atmospheric films i mean especially when they're like supernatural that's when you really need atmosphere um in in your movie and this movie does a sets a great tone of atmosphere um it it's it's creepy and uh it's it's yeah it's it's not creepy actually creepy isn't the word i'd say this movie's eerie and i don't really use that word much but it fits this movie perfect it's an eerie movie that uh packs a surprising amount of suspense and uh definitely delivers um where it where it suffers in my opinion is that it's not scary um i don't walk away from this one having nightmares but it's a cool concept that's become the norm now and like you said the acting's good the pacing's nice there's not a whole lot to complain about it's a slow burn with uh characters that are believable and in my opinion this is one of those perfect movies to watch with like candles burning uh and like you know the windows open while storms outside it sits the mood um maybe talk to miss cleo while you're watching it (laughs) uh 7.5 out of 10 for me and uh yeah so the interview it's uh full of fun facts and knowledge so uh there's no burn and learn today so uh let's get micah stands on and uh get on with the interview Our guest today is the writer, director, and editor of the film that we're talking about today, The Collingswood Story. He's had a career in film since the early 90s and has won awards for short films and created the popular LBGTQ series Dante's Cove. Welcome, Michael Costanza. Thank you for being on High on Horror. Thank you uh, for having me. I really appreciate being here. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, I want to start off uh, this interview by asking you the first question that I usually ask everybody. You're on High on Horror, so sure. do you indulge in cannabis for recreational or uh, medicinal purposes at all? I do. I'm actually a indigo guy. I can't do the sativa because I'm already like naturally hyped up and hyper, so that doesn't work for me so well, but I do partake in some indica every now and then okay i was gonna i was gonna say um how much uh do you uh smoke and how often if you don't mind me asking um usually you know i'm, I'm lately really into northern lights um sometimes like right before i go to bed nice uh now is, is favorite uh yeah tongue tied there is smoking your favorite way to indulge or do you prefer edibles um, you know, I used to do edibles, uh, you know, like during the day and it, it worked for a while. And then I don't know, just my, it, it would just jack up my stomach. So then I just was, you know, then I kind of just switched to vaping. Vaping. Nice. But you guys, what do you guys prefer? Definitely weed. <laughs> I just like the old school, just smoking the flower for me. 
Yeah, yeah. that's good too. I mean, come on. And yet, I will say the edibles, since they've like, I feel like there's some kind of limit and they're just like 10 milligrams. And I have the same thing as like, you have to eat like four of them. And then I'm like, oh, my stomach feels all jacked up from these like weed gummies. Exactly. I do get fucked up from vaping though. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, have you always been a fan of the horror genre? You know what? I, I guess I have, um, you know, ever since an early age, um, my mother used to love to like terrify me, scare the shit out of me (laughs) when I was three years old. So that could have turned me into a, a complete psychotic but I just kind of channeled all that um, into my love for horror, as sick and twisted as that sounds. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, owe little, I owe a lot to my mother for you know wanting to scare the shit out of me from like three to five years old. I mean, she would put a stocking over her head. I mean, I'd be a little kid like taking a shit, and she would barge into the bathroom. <laughs> With a stocking over her head, and like I, you know, I'm a little, I'm like, I would be freaking out. I'd be like, "Why?" You know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, my dad, I don't think he necessarily tortured me with it, but like, I saw Halloween when I was three. Like, it came out, <laughs> and I was four. Like, so I, I kind of understand the like. I could have went the opposite way and just been terrified, like my whole life of horror. But I was terrified, but for some weird reason, I just wanted to keep watching more. Completely. Yes. So yeah. So from that, I mean, I just, you know, with all the classics, you know, once you dived into, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, you know, up to The Exorcist, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween, you know, it's, it's, you, I just, I've always loved it. Always loved it. And actually, yeah, um, you know, I'm back sorry. to my mother, she, um, she sent me as a gift that the Halloween shaker that I used in, the Cogswood story. So when I opened that up, I was like, whoa, this is so creepy. And so that kind of inspired me um, to, to make the film too. You know, so many things happened at once when I thought about the Cogswood story. So, um, but I had to throw Yeah, that's funny. That. I, I actually was going to ask later about the uh, shaker and how that, how that came about, but that was from your mother. Yep. Yep, she sent me that as a birthday gift. Uh, the year before I made it, uh, the the year before I made Collinswood. So, you know, it's, I was completely, um, obviously inspired by the Blair Witch Project too. So the Blair Witch Project, the Shaker, and then you know, testing out a webcam, it all sort of came together. That's cool. I like how you uh, use the shaker that your mom gave you to uh, use in your horror film, and she's kind of like your inspiration for horror. So that's kind of like that's kind of a nice little Easter egg. Well, um, I wanted to ask you, what made you want to work in film? Like, uh, how old were you when you knew you wanted to do this for a living? Oh God, I was I was really young. Jeez, um, I, I I guess the first thing. That, um, you know, obviously special effects, watching, you know, films, you know, as a kid. And then I was always really interested in the editing. I was, I would try to wrap around my, you know, in my brain, how the hell do they, you know, cut these different shots? How does the montage work? How does, so um, that, that, you know, that was like far back as, uh, you know, like grade school. I always had like a, a interest in film. So you were just one of those kids that always just wanted to make movies, like in his backyard and shit. Exactly. Well, uh, what's Which your goal as a director? Oh, shit. Well, um, yeah. What's your goal as a director? Like, what's your bucket list thing that you would like to be involved in before you like hang up your gloves? Ah, oh, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, I like to try different genres. Um, possibly um, a documentary. Okay. So, um, we'll see, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, so you want to do like a a feature length documentary type of thing? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's one of the, one of the things I'd like to do. Okay. Nice. Nice. I mean, I love, you know, of course, like I love the horror genre. I love supernatural. Um, but, um, 
you know, there's just just so many real life horrors. Right. That, um, <laughs> you know, it's I. You know, I might want to just do something based on you know on that. So we'll see. That sounds interesting, man. Well, um, and getting into uh, the Collingswood story, the Collingswood story, um, I wanted to say that uh, Strangeland, that had some, you know, internet stalker action in a chat room, but the Collingswood story is the first time a psychic reading and paranormal activity was done over the internet. And this has become known as the first screen life film. Now, it's common, you know, day-to-day stuff to have a horror movie take place on a laptop. Just look at, like, yes. Unfriended and Host. How did you feel about that? Um, you know what? To be honest, I didn't see Unfriended. I I actually liked Host. The thing is, I just wish it was longer. It had a really strange running time. It was you know relatively short. Yeah. Um, but overall, I I really liked Host. The only thing, I mean, and, and I know that the fans love this. This just personally doesn't work for me. When someone is suddenly like whisked back. Really fast, yeah. like when the dude, like she's sitting in the chair, and all of a sudden she gets like whisked backward. That always makes me laugh, and it totally takes me out. I, I know it like scares like people, like but for me, it just I, I don't know. I always start laughing, and then I'm like, "Fuck!" You know, I was just so <laughs> in the moment, and then it takes me out. So I, I don't know. Do you guys does that work for you, or does that not? Do you like those effects? I mean, some people do. Some people love it, but. I think that it it, it, um, it it matters depending on the movie. Like, if you go by, say, like, the ending of REC, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's like she's crawling on the ground at the end and she kind of gets yanked back. That works for me, but on what you're yes. saying, I totally get it, where you can just see somebody's on, like, a rope mm-hmm. or something getting pulled back, and it is kind of... The, the other thing that makes me laugh is when you see the person, usually, like, when it's not a demon, it'll just be, like, a person who holds their hand up, and that makes the person fly across the room, and that is that kind of ruins it for me, too. Like, just, you know, I, just, I have so much power, let me just pull, hold my hand up and you're going to fly across the fucking room (laughs) (laughs) so um where did the idea for the collingswood story come from i well i i was completely inspired by um um ed sanchez i mean i actually ended up meeting ed and we we still communicate today he's a wonderful guy and actually i just i i I really liked exists too i thought that that was a lot of fun yeah but um you know when i was writing collingswood um i you know i just had bought a webcam so i was just playing around with that as if it was a video camera not just attached to the top you know because back in the day you had to have it uh attached to the top of your um like desktop Mm-hmm. So I was really just using that as um, a video camera. So I, I just thought, well, I don't have a hell of a lot of money to make a feature film, but if I made this film all through the point of a webcam, um, it, it might just work. I mean, it, it's an experiment. Either it's you know it's going to work or or it's not. So I just took the chance and did it. Um, the story. Um, when I was in the, um, library in Collingswood, New Jersey, I was trying to dig up to find out if there was any weird myths or any crazy shit that happened. And there, excuse me, there was. So back in the, you know, and it happened on Lee's Lane. Hmm. Um, there was this house that was a scene of these murders, but it was, um, arson also. So I just, I incorporated that into it. So that's where the whole story elements came from and then you know once you start writing just the characters you know come into your head and the part of vera played by diane barons um i definitely wanted to have this hokey you know psychic in the mix too but then have her twist that you know it ends up what she's telling is true or is really happening <clears throat> Well, um, where did you get the uh, judge's story from? Where did that come from? Um, that um, that was based on the uh, Andrean Yates story that happened at the time that I was completely freaked out and saddened by. And one of my friends from high school had the last name Hawks, one of my best friends. So I used I used that. But oh oh, and I, I should really say I. 
had to go to court for this like traffic thing and the judge was a fuck like just the just the biggest asshole because he believed the cop and I, it was totally just one of those things where it's like fuck you so <laughs> I, I wanted it to be a judge i wanted like the judge to be the bad guy there so that's awesome uh i, wa- I, wa- I wonder if he ever figured that out <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, yeah, w- what made you want to set it around video chats? Um, I, I think too because it just I you know as an independent filmmaker you don't have a lot of money you're just you know you're just scrambling, and at at the time, um, I you know it just there, there was just no money so this concept was totally did not require. Um, much money because, um, you, you know, again, I, I actually used a Hi8 camera to be in place of the webcam. Um, so um, that cut down, like, that cut, you know, a lot of the production costs. And I shot in my, you know, apartment, in friends' apartments, stuff like that. So. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask did you actually use any actual webcam footage? Because I think people today that weren't familiar with the technology back in 2003, like that video quality would not have looked that good through a webcam. Exactly. Because it was dial up. But at the time I really, I just had this premonition. I was like, this is where it's going to go. This is where it's, you know, this is where it's headed. And one agent at the time said the same thing. He's like, come on, this footage doesn't look, but I, you know, but I, but I told him, I'm like, well, but there's going to be broadband, bro, excuse me, broadband, which was a little better quality. But yes, I, I should have distressed it a little bit more. But, um, you know, some of the FaceTime, you know, today, if you click on, you know, if you use HD, whatever, it is pretty, it yeah. is pretty clear. But you know what? I noticed when I was watching Host, I was like, oh, you know what? That really isn't crystal clear. <laughs> footage so yes well i imagine that the movie was considered experimental at the time right i'm sorry i imagine that the movie was considered experimental at the time of its release yes i mean when i tried when i first shopped it around i mean this was right after it was done um like in 2001 um you know people were like what are webcams i have no idea what a webcam is (laughs) <laughs> so it really wasn't until like a couple years after that. And then um, in 2006, when it got um, invited to some film festivals like Fright Fest in London, then people were like, oh, yeah, now we know what <clears throat> webcams are. But again, it's still, you know, the whole screen life thing wasn't mainstream yet at all. Right. Well, um, you know, the movie is over 20 years old now, and it's still relevant. And uh, Cauldron Films had even just put out a a sweet physical media release. How does it feel, you know, to see your work still being appreciated? Awesome. Because, you know what, I I always believed in the film, and the actors did too. So I was really stoked when Cauldron contacted me, and and they were like, this film deserves a Blu-ray release. I was like, thank you so much. So, um, I, you know, really appreciate them. Um, just, you know, um, getting it out there again, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I wanted to ask you, you had brought up, um, Vera Madeline earlier and, uh, I wanted to know, is she based off of like any psychics? Because like when I watch the film, every time I watch it, I always think of the, uh, psychic from phantasm. Yes. You know, I and I watched Phantasm again <laughs> recently, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So that's where she probably came. I was probably yes, that's where she probably came from because it's on. I think I watched it on Shutter, and I had not seen it in years. And I was like, "Whoa, she's wearing her dark sunglasses." Mm-hmm. So yes, I think um, at the time I don't think I was thinking of it, but it had to have been more subconscious. But the reason too why I had Vera wearing the glasses was just to hide the reveal. Too, that was really the only way to hide the, you know, her eye thing. So, 
Yeah, and uh, the Vera Madeline website is still up. I, I checked it today. Obviously, it was telling me to install Flash, and Flash is dead, but that's a whole other story. But do you still maintain the website, or is that somebody else? No, I, I do. Um, and, awesome. you know, it's just so, again, it's just one of those things where 20 years ago, it's insane. But when it comes up for renewal, I'm like, ah, what the hell? And <laughs> I do it. So, But I'm glad I did because there are still people that go to it and send emails. You know, they, people think she's real, which is awesome. Um, you know, and I think, too, from Shudder, from Collingswood now being on Shudder, that, um, you know, yeah, people are like, Vera, Madeline, you know, do a reading, you know, type of thing. So... Yeah, that's, yeah, it was cool. I, when I was rewatching, I was like, I wonder, I've never actually like tried to go to the website. And I looked today and I was like, oh, wow, it's still up. I, I fully expected it not to be. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, I think it's yeah, going to do a Flash thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was telling me to install Flash. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that now. <laughs> so that probably I should have updated. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what they what they updated Flash with. I just know that, that, that they killed it off. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I got a little bit of a ridiculous question for you here. Sure. Why does John keep his bike between his bed and the wall? Does he not have a better place to put that bike? I just like picture him <laughs> being asleep, and the bike just moves and just like hits him while he's like asleep. He lived in a really cramped like studio apartment there's like no room it's basically you walk in and and, and that was when i when i was going to school in new york that was my that was that was based on my place i mean i literally walked in and if you took one step your foot went out the window there was oh, no wow. room in that place yeah there was there was west 14th street in new york city um it was 300 a month and right now it's 3000 a month that's ridiculous it's insane i mean they redid the building but it's still like super small it's just so fucking crazy everybody just wants that experience of being able to say they lived in new york city exactly. or they do live there exactly and uh in the film they discuss getting cheesesteaks as someone who lives like 30 minutes from philly i gotta ask do you have you a do? favorite spot in philly for cheesesteaks uh, we, Wait, we, we live in uh, Newcastle, Delaware, so like northern Delaware. Oh, well, I mean, I, I grew up in like 15 minutes away from Philly, so that was always a big thing, you know, in high school. Um, Do you have I'm a sorry, favorite spot? Um, God, you know what? I can't even remember the names of where we, of where we would go in South Philly, but do you have a favorite place? I, I do. I like gyms, but unfortunately, they just had a fire and uh, burned um, down. They're supposed to rebuild sometime, but it was the one on uh, South Street. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. <clears throat> yeah, um, so I wanted to ask you, um, getting away from cheesesteak talk, <laughs> um, compared to shorts <laughs> and other projects you've done, how was the Collingswood story different in regards to like filming it and execution? Um, well, Collingswood, and I, I don't mean this like um, egotistical, Collingswood I had complete control over. So I, you know, I could make the decisions about the editing, the storyline, Etc. When you work with a studio or a network, of course, it's it's much different, which is fine. But um, I, for for Collingswood, I'm glad that I made it more, you know, independent because uh, again, especially with something experimental like that, there's no way a studio would ever take something like that on. So I prefer more to take to take risks and try stuff that hasn't been done. You know, Dante's Cove at the time, um, there there weren't really shows where all the characters were gay and lesbian. 
and and young and just it didn't matter that they were gay and lesbian but the thing you know i was coming from like the buffy the vampire slayer charmed that type of vibe and the the network wanted to go with more skinamax and i'm like but that's not what the you know whatever so just to make a long story short i left after the first season and then it, it went on for another two seasons but um but yeah, but that, I mean, that, that stuff like that happens all the time. So, you know, I, I think what it comes down to is you, you try to work with people that, that are, everybody's on the same page, you know, everybody's striving for that one creative goal that everybody agrees upon when you work on something and then, you know, decisions are changed, you know, halfway through shooting, it just stresses out your crew, it stress, stresses out, most importantly, your actors, you know, and, and again, back to Dante's Cove, when we, when I first shooting, you know, they would come to me, they're like, Mike, they want me to be, you know, naked in this scene. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, not that I'm opposed to nudity, but it, you know, just when it's over the top, it's like, Oh my God, come on. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I, I mean, wanted to ask, uh, did the actors from Collinswood story ever meet each other since we only really ever see them video chat? They, um, we had rehearsals. So when okay. we, um, and you know, I almost wish that I filmed some of those. I, I filmed auditions, but I didn't film any of the rehearsals. We had rehearsals where everybody was in person because, um, we, Again, we, we had to be so clear on the choices that we were making. Um, and since I was editing this, I, I had to make sure that um, all the emotions would kind of fit. And the other actor knew how high they were going to go or how low they were going to play the scene. So it didn't seem off balance. You know what I mean? When it was, when you're watching it. So, and they believed in rehearsals. Some actors don't like to rehearse. You know, it, you just sometimes like to be spontaneous. But with something like this, we had to be rehearsed. So, yeah, and I mean, I feel like there was a genuine connection between the characters. And a lot of times when you get these kind of movies, it just kind of feels disjointed and there's not really a relationship between the characters. Right. Well, they, you know what? I lucked out because both, like, Stephanie Dees and Johnny Burton are just, you know, they were just really good actors. So um, we pulled off this chemistry between them and they were never in the same room. I mean, they weren't, um, you know, they weren't actually webcamming with each other. So, yeah. And uh, now did you know that Stephanie Dees had did Halloween four before you cast her? Cause I didn't even know that until I recently looked it up and I went, Oh my God, I didn't even, I didn't even make the connection. Yes. She actually, it was on her, uh, when she sent in, when I opened up the, the, you know, the headshot, I was like, Whoa, she's looks really cool. And I love that she had red hair. I thought that that was really unique and I thought she was really pretty. And when I read that she was in Halloween four, I was like, no way. Cause I actually liked Halloween, Halloween four a lot. Um, Same. Yeah, it, that one, I, I liked it. So seeing her as that little kid dressed up as a penguin chasing, you know, Jamie's uncle's a boogeyman. He's <laughs> great. And Stephanie's one. still talk with Stephanie a lot and I hope to work with her again on something. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, before we get out of here today, we want to thank you again for giving us this opportunity to talk to you. And uh, Do you have any upcoming projects and uh, where, where people might be able to keep up with your work? Thank you. Yes, I, um, I'm hopefully going to start shooting in August. And the it's a feature film. It's called Lost as Fuck. And um, <laughs> it should be fun. It should be very interesting. So I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on that. But Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, where, and where can people keep up with you online to keep up with your projects? Oh, I'm sorry? But 
where 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 would be, people be able to find you online to keep up with oh, your projects? Thank you. Um, MikeCostanza.com is my personal website, and then SceneRebelMedia.com is the company website. But I'm putting stuff just on my personal website too. What's going on? And yeah, again, we want to thank you for joining us today. It's been awesome to get to talk to you about the Collinswood story. Thank and, you. Uh, real, a real pioneer in the genre. Yeah, thank thanks, you, man. I really appreciate your time, guys. It was great speaking with you. Take care of yourself. All right, thank you. You too. All right, thanks to Mike Costanza for joining us today, and thanks to all the hard hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Uh, so our next episode, we're going to get into episode number three of Where the Monsters, and we're going to do Godzilla versus Destroya. And that's the first Godzilla episode we've done yet, so I'm fucking hyped for that. Obviously, this is my pick. Yeah, and then I got a counter to your Godzilla after that for episode four, but uh, we'll wait. We'll, see <laughs> we'll have that. to wait. Um, anyway, make sure to follow us online, High on Horror 420. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Send us your uh, PPA questions at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. And make sure to check out our website, highonhorror.com. And uh, I guess I'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. See you all next week. <laughs>